So I get in the, the four, four-wheeler, cruise up the trail to get to the light, and it's Dusty and James walking. And Dusty's got eyes are, like, really, really <laughs> big, and his face is white. And he's just like, he's like, Tosh, Tosh, I think there's – I think there's a deer down there. I think there's a deer down there. And I'm like, okay. I don't know if it's okay. Something. I forget what he's always saying. And, he's, and then James is looking at me. And I'm like, okay, Dusty. He's like, you should check it out. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it was a bear. No, it was a bear. It was snoring. I heard it snoring. <laughs> Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez. And me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. We'll, we'll add it in. We'll yeah. add it we'll in. Yeah. In Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Tosh is taking a pen just in case what something you... happens. So I don't have to interrupt and I can take a note and come back to it later. This is this is it's a true professional right here is what that is. But this is level four. So Josh. you don't have a yeah you don't have a notebook. Oh, that's right. I am a two level fours and level three here. Yeah, write, write that down. You writing that down? <laughs> <laughs> that's level three I notebook should, right there. I, I should be writing. Should, I should be taking pen. notes. <laughs> Do you have, if he has another pen on him? I should turn my phone violent. Oh, I was gonna say you have a pen in your phone. I thought. <laughs> but what is that like? You pick a topic and you just start talking. No. Um, yeah. No. Yes. Because um, there's an art to that, and I've listened to your shows. You keep. Your audience's attention. I appreciate that because sometimes, you know, you push record and you just go and then you push push record to stop recording. And then I'm always tempted, oh, don't do that. That was stupid. That's going to be no good. Delete it. Don't hang that one. Record again tomorrow, whatever. And then I inevitably, I just made a deal with myself that once I push record, now I might stop and start because I had a bad start. But once I get going, hell or high water, man, you just post it and publish it. it and let it go because it's... It's more authentic, and that's what I'm trying to communicate. Um, just an authentic, genuine message of the things that I think about and how I process in my head. So maybe back to your question would be, I started the podcast because I wanted it to be conversations to my son and daughters as I process the world and think about things that they could listen to and learn, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a long-distance dad, right? right. Like Because I'm, I'm divorced, um, and I see the kids very less often than I'd like. So my opportunity for engagement as they're getting older and going through these very, very critical years of development as young adults, right, preteens and through their teenage years, that I wanted to have an opportunity to at least influence and share with them who their dad is um, so that they're not only having that single parent, their mom, right. helping helping them develop, right, so they can have at least two. Right. I wanted to be in their lives and then um, – <clears throat> And then, the, then the, the podcast started to shift a little bit where I would be, I would find myself, because I was going through some struggles, nothing crazy, just normal, everyday ups and downs, right? Or weekly or monthly ups and downs, but um, being frustrated with something or something's consuming my mind all the time. And so I would just constantly think about it, think about it, internalize, have this. And I said, hey, well, why don't I just record my internal dialogue out loud? And so I would, if I found myself thinking about something for a few days for a long car ride or whatever, I might write it down and I would be thinking about it over and over again. And then that's what my podcast would be about. And in doing it, is there, is there some, cause I kind of do that, not like, not in a podcast form, but I'll write like blog articles. But for me, it's completely selfish. It's all, it's for cathartic purposes. Mm-hmm. And then I've just like, I'll share it. 
and it is what it is. Like, and if somebody finds value in it, then great, but it's really not for you. It's for me. Yep. Um, is that, have you kind of found the same thing where like, if you, like after you do it, do you, do you, how do you feel afterwards? Yeah, I feel good. I feel, you know how some, you get, you get caught up in your own thoughts in your own head and you can find yourself pigeonholing into one frame of thought or one direction of thought and you reinforce your own bullshit. Right. But when you start to hear yourself talking out loud, whether it's having conversation with somebody else or just talking to the mirror or just talking out loud, when you actually hear your own, where you can like, man, I don't know if I agree with that. Right. Or, oh, that sounds stupid. Or, oh, yeah, you might be onto something and it helps you. Otherwise, it's just in your head and it's like. Well, I mean, what I found just doing this podcast, and it wasn't the intent, but is it's helped me complete partial thoughts I've had for a long time. Like I've had like a, I've had the, I've had a portion of a thought that I couldn't really unpack and then like talking it out, not even for the purpose of talking it out. I'm like, Oh, I have the complete thought now. It just took me 58 conversations to get there. And I'm like, Oh, I was able to somehow put that together by accident. But now it's a complete thought that makes sense to me. And I'm like kind of happy with the thought where before I was just like, it was just spinning in my mind. And I'm like, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm saying it, but it's, it's not clear to me. So it's definitely not clear to the you, other person. Well, you did that recently when we talked about intensity. And then like two days later, I saw you put a post up. Oh yeah. And you had clearly been thinking about it. Right. It was just burning my brain. And I was like, oh, well, let me just get it out there. And that way it's, it's there. It lives. And if I ever like forget, I can go back and listen to it. I'm like, okay, that's, that's the thought. It's almost like a reset. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the thought. This is what I had at that moment. Cause I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts that I have and I'm like, oh, that's a great thought. And then it's gone. And I'm like, and I can't recapture it. I can't recall it. And I'm like, fuck, it's gone. Yep. You know? And I'm like, maybe it was profound. Maybe it wasn't, but it's gone and I can't wrestle with it anymore. And I'm like, well, that was really what I wanted to do. I wanted to wrestle with a thought mm-hmm. and I can't do that anymore. So. Yeah. Especially when you're getting bombarded or saturated with signals and noise and other things pulling your thoughts in different directions. And then it's like, oh man, what was I thinking about? What was I thinking about? Where was I in that thought process? And then you just back at ground zero and mm-hmm. you're getting anywhere. And I, I use it sometimes. I'm like ridiculously frustrated and I'll just go up there and I'll just hit record and I'll just start talking. Right. It doesn't happen very often, but every now and then, you might be able to tell some of the podcasts, but like I'm literally in the moment or there's a the, tone to it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Hey, I'm working through some shit and I'm working through it out loud. Cause I know if I don't, um, it's going to harbor inside and it could harbor inside and fester in a, in a wrong direction. I don't want that. I don't want to be that right. kind of person. I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded. Well, I'm not because I choose not to be <laughs> like, based on our location. <laughs> we're not surrounded. I've got this luxury. Like I don't, I don't hang around douchebags anymore, right? Right. Like, right. And, or people that can't like, it's like, yeah, Hey, cool. I'm, I'm good. I'm insulated. Yeah, no thanks. That, you know? But I don't want to be that. Right. Either, you, you, know? you mentioned you do it for the kids. Do they listen to it? Uh, my daughter does. My youngest daughter does. not my oldest from time to time, my son did for a while, but then, you know, the podcast have, it's, it's evolved. It's grown over the last three seasons now. So we're starting year four. Um, my frequency, so I was real deliberate. Every Wednesday I was recording and publishing, recording and publishing, and then the next year. And then now it's taking less because I don't know if I've thought all the good stuff that I possibly <laughs> think of right out, now. Out of ideas. Right? Out of stuff. But um, I found that I was trying to contrive things to talk about. It was forced. Yeah, and I didn't want to do that, you know, and then it was artificial. And, and then I felt like it was a chore at times, which I'm okay with responsibility. I'm okay with making a commitment and sticking to it. But if I'm not looking forward to that, 
is it coming across in the message? Am I forcing it? Doesn't feel authentic, or I'm, it's adding stress. Like the last thing I need to do is find another thing to be obligated to to add stress to my right. life. This is supposed to be a stress reliever, right. you know. And like I might travel for two weeks, and maybe I'll take the podcast equipment with me. Maybe I won't, you know. But instead of feeling like I'm chained to this, it's supposed to be something that's um, empowering for me. And it is, and I'm trying to preserve that while balancing because Noah Dean, Dr. Dr. Dean, if you will, you got to love Dr. Dean, right? Um, I don't know who he, that is. You know, I no, I thought you did. I was that. pretending I was, like I did. I, don't know. Yeah. I was looking at you and I was pausing. I was, like, yeah, I was waiting yeah, to get the Dean. feedback. I thought you were a doctor. I thought you were know, a doctor. doctor yeah. Dr. Noah Dean, uh, MC for Wadapalooza. Oh, now I do. CrossFit Odessa, now I do. Okay, Cowboy I didn't know he was a doctor. Well, I, is he, he not a doctor? He's a legitimately he's like doctor. Me. He's like he's him. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> fake doctor. Hey, hey, his his degree says doctor. Okay, you well, don't have a degree. Tosh, you'll probably agree with this. I think the L four credential should be a doctor. Hey, why not, Jenny? <laughs> Jenny, not? do you agree? Jenny, yours in the background. Yeah. She, she's watching. Nate, Nate, scroll left. So the first thing, how many of you currently coach people? Okay, when you started coaching, did you try to watch everything at one time? What happened when you did that? I didn't know where to even start. Yeah, it was kind of like everything got jumbled up. She's a level four. Yeah, yeah. This is the most level fours ever together at the same time. CrossFit that's Roots. Not, CrossFit Roots has the most night? level fours on staff than any. There's Who's more there? level Nicole, fours. Nicole, Jenny, who else? Oh, it used to be. Back when EC was here, who else? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, EC was, was right. There was yeah. like four level fours and like everybody Still two at a box is substantial. I mean, yeah, best hour cross it has one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's a doctor, but I'm not going to let him like pull a tooth or, you know, <laughs> right. check my prostate. I think even if he was an MD, maybe yeah, don't yeah. let him pull any teeth. But anyways, he uh, he's always texting, when is Tosh coming back? Where's the podcast this week? And it's cool because yeah. he doesn't do it in a way it's pressure he just doesn't wait hey we're waiting for you Tyler you right. got stuff that we want to hear yeah. There's, you yeah. have an audience right. and, and I'll get messages through whatever <clears throat> means to say hey Tosh are you okay like I've never heard your podcast in a while I really miss you you do a lot for me and man that not that everybody needs validation but it's, it is really nice when it just happens upon you authentically like that it's, it's really cool it kind of keeps you going winning the sales thing that, well I think that's cool and I think it's okay to I, I mean it sounds like you probably struggled with that a little bit. We're like, should I, is this, should I feel happy about this? Like, like, is it okay for, for people to be, you know, get a fan? A, a, yeah. Not necessarily a fan, but is it okay for people to, to get some sort of relief or some sort of value out of what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like Jess told me that years ago, she was like, Hey, you should just write articles. And I'm a horrific writer, but she just like, didn't want, she was sick of talking to you. That's true too. But she was just like, Hey, kind of pe- there's, there's people that want to know what you have to say. And I was like, really? And I was like, that sounds weird. So then I did the same thing. I was like, well, I'm not going to write it for them. Cause that feels weird to me. And it feels inauthentic. Mm-hmm. So I just, they're kind of like letters to me. And then people are like, that's really cool. I got a lot out of that. And I'm like, okay, well then this is a win-win for everybody. Cause I didn't write it for you, but I'm glad you got value out of it. Is that authenticity? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I guess probably, I guess, I guess it depends on how you, de- how you define authenticity, but it's authentic, like it's it's unfiltered. It's not it's not for any purpose or any reaction. It's just my thought, unabridged. So I don't know, but like I said, it was purely cathartic in nature. It's not for anybody. It's for me. And bonus that people want to listen to it, read it if it resonates with them. Well, we did this. The podcast was the same genesis. We were just like, we want to talk to people. Like I want to come and sit down and talk with Josh. 
we just happen to be able to share it with people. And I'm like, okay, so that's a win. But if we were just doing this, sitting out there drinking whiskey, I would be just as happy. You're the only one drinking whiskey for the record. Yeah. Coffee, seltzer over here. Listen, it's good balance. It's good balance. Good. Table's nice and even. <laughs> for, for people that don't know Tosh in the CrossFit space, level four. Yep. Are you level four? Yep, it's still current, I think. Still yeah. current, you balance. Do you get credits for Diesel Days? I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm good for another year, I think. So I haven't really. I'll cross that bridge next year when I get that message from uh, Amy saying, "Hey, Tosh, hey, you're about to be in trouble." <laughs> you, uh, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny reminds me like once a day. I think at this point, she's like, "Jay, you haven't done something. Do it. <laughs> you I need you to do that." Diesel day, you <laughs> get 28 CUs. I'm That's, good. I got. I mean, I would we'll do it regardless. April, April, April first. April first. Done. Right Is you running this? You got nowhere to be. Wait a second. <laughs> you're April. local. You live like yeah. April. There's no reason not to do it. April first. Acting. <laughs> Great. I do want to, we, we, Fern and I talk about Diesel Days regularly, and his coaches are coming. But for the listeners, if you have a level three credential and you take a Diesel Day here, you get 28 CEUs. Is that yeah. right? 28? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, that's it's a lot. Damn near I think you need 55. Of your requirement. I think you need 55 every three years. 55 50, every three years. 55? Uh, no, it's 50. 50. It's 50. It's 50. Well, walk us through what a Diesel you, Day looks like. And then like. you could take Diesel Day 2, which is a. Uh, it's moving through diesel one, whatever, whatever, whatever. But then you get another additional eight. I mean, you could come for two diesel days and have thirty six CEUs just like that. Damn, done and, and be and a better, better, and be a better human being. being. Yeah, yeah. Well, walk us mind. through walk us through that being a better human being. What is a diesel day like? Because I think this is one of those things that you understand and yeah. no one else understands till they show up. Right, right. I mean, I talk to Dustin Virgil mm-hmm. regularly. You, fun, you were, has, yeah, you were with us. Yeah. About it. it was at the games <laughs> oh, this year. We, we Fern, Dustin, and I shared a car. We had the best car at the games. He was raving. It was me, like, Virgil, DeGane. DeGane and Ackerman. Yeah. Oh, best car of all time. <laughs> so Dustin told us a story how he, he thought, he, what did he say? He thought he saw a bear? He thought he saw a bear. He was like freaking out and having delusions. Do you remember that, Jenny? Oh, God, it was hilarious. <laughs> you I'll remember this tell, moment? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to hear your story. Dustin would not care at all. So in the middle of the night, I mean, okay, so Diesel Day is a 24-hour physical evolution. You're just moving. You self-select your scale, intensity, whatever, whatever. But you're just kind of doing operating for 24 hours. And... um really fatigued and it must have been like two in the morning, three in the morning and we're hanging out by the garage and, and um, the athletes, participants uh, are doing their trail evolution on the Yeah, lap. he said you got like a point if you did it without a weight, 10 with a weight, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah there's some uh, mild interesting details there, right? But he's got, a, he's got a plate with him and he's doing laps and they got a headlamp on and uh, all of a sudden we just look up there and I'm on the, I'm on the left side of the garage and Hobart's over there on the far right and we're just kind of watching as things are unfolding late at night and there's a you know the instructor staff kind of comes in and comes out yeah. depending on what it needs and this time of night it's like hey we're pulling back a little bit to let them sort through what they need to sort out at three in the morning right <laughs> shit gets ugly at three in the morning and after especially after you've been going for 18 hours right 16 hours and uh we see this light and it's not moving it's like okay and then um we're kind of doing our thing and then look up there's this light, and it's in the same place. I'm like, man. And I didn't know, but Hobart had noticed the same thing going on. And he went for a walk to go check it out. And I waited for it a little bit longer. And I was like, oh, man. I told Jenny, I was like, hey, I'm, you got this down here. I'm going to jump in the, in the buggy and cruise up there and check that out. And we hadn't known that James had already went up there. So I get in the, the four, four-wheeler, cruise up the trail to get to the light, and it's Dusty and James walking, and Dusty's got eyes are like really, really big, and his face is white, and he's just like, he's like, Tosh, Tosh, I think there's, 
I think there's a deer down there. I think there's a deer down there. And I'm like, okay. I don't know if it's okay. Something. I forget what he's saying. And, he's, and then James is looking at me. And I'm like, okay, Dusty. He's like, you should check it out. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it was a bear. No, it was a bear. It was snoring. I heard it snoring. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Dusty. Okay, cool, buddy. You know? Oh, and, bef- and before I got to Dusty, Connor Warman was walking down the trail. And he's like... I'm like, I know I'm going, you know. <laughs> Your boy uh, up here. And he just, because Connor walked by, and Dusty had told Connor, so I'm piecing stories together secondhand. Third Telephone. But uh, Connor goes to walk by, and Dusty was sitting down on his plate, cross-legged, and he was, like, looking down this hill, and it's pitch dark, and when Connor walked up to him, he's like, don't go. Stay here. You can't go. It's not safe. He's trying to commit. And Connor was like, you're fucking with me. Like, you're trying to beat, because they were uh, he was involved, yeah, yeah. you know? And Connor just was like, okay, Dusty, and he just kept walking. <laughs> like like a true, you know, like you just do cool, your own cool story. Shit, right? So anyways, um, Dusty thought he heard a bear snoring. He was convinced he heard a bear snoring down this little gully. Um, Stop, just drive up there and check it out. Just check it out. I was like, okay, Dusty. And James has kind of got his arm underneath his shoulder because he's – Delirious. delirious. It was hilarious, uh, man. And, and he's a, just if you don't, he's a big man, big dude. Yeah, former, he may have made the games, but definitely a regional athlete, yeah. firefighter, firefighter now, police, police officer. officer yeah, yeah. So fit, he's around. a he's a he's a fit. He's, he's a fit dude. He won the he won the madness last year. Uh, dominated oh, the annual right. madness last year. He's gonna dominate he's, again. This he's year. a better man than me. He's I'm, amazing. I'm a loser when it comes to the madness. I've yeah, I've never made the full year. I wasn't going to say that. Listen, I'm okay with you say saying it. I actually wanted you to say it to my face. I do so want to hear about the <laughs> origin, the origin of the madness. But you know, you talk about these diesel days. Dustin is you know a little delusional. How do you and Jenny and James? Because you're up. Is it simply the activity that takes people to a deeper, darker place? Because you're still up 24, 36, 48 hours with yeah. them. Well, you know. Um, Jenny and James and I, I mean, we've been doing the diesel days and your body gets a resiliency and you're able to do it more. Um, I think we're not, we're not physically working out. So there's that level of fatigue that, right. that adds to it. You know what I mean? But I would suggest that the three of us are working out up here a lot more. Like I'm wicked exhausted, you know, in the head because you're just constantly trying to evaluate and engage and evaluate and engage and understand what you need in this. I'm not really trying to deliver my material as much as I'm trying to figure out what, material would best serve you and how to deliver that so that you could best receive it. It's so kind of like a level so one be better. versus level two. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like with regard to level one's like way more dealing with it's, Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Right. Understand. Like level ones are like physically tiring, but level two, like my brain hurts at, at the end of level yeah. twos. You know, like, wow, that was a lot as, as the trainer, as a train. Yeah. As, as the, the coach, as uh, facilitating. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I get that. Are you working seminars anymore? No, no, I don't do that anymore. Do you want to? Is it just? Oh, man, I had a, I had a great time. I loved going on the road. I mean, get to meet um, new people from all over the place. I mean, I, I love people. I love meeting people. Uh, I believe in CrossFit through and through. I mean, that's why I was so magnetized to it when I came across it the first time from Greg himself, you know, at level one in Quantico. Uh, I'm a big CrossFit believer. Methodology, I mean, it's amazing. And, and I you did it with your Marines when you're in the Marine Corps, like you was. Yeah, I wouldn't call it CrossFit because it right. starts to get a weird notation, and they don't want to do it at the same. But they were doing CrossFit, and then they get doing it, and then they love it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, hey, like that's CrossFit." And they're right. like, Oh, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you're eating you know? vegetables. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't even know it was vegetables. But um, I'm a huge believer, and so going across the country 
to, to teach and deliver something that was so significant for me and making me a better Marine officer at the time, right? I wanted to share it with everybody. Plus then like all the people on the seminar staff. I mean, there's some amazing human beings that are on the seminar staff that you wear a red shirt with. And so you travel all over the U.S. and you get to be with those people again. And they, right. you want to talk about steel sharpening steel. You don't want to be a trainer at a level one seminar and not know your shit because you don't. Does Jenny will yell at you. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. I never got to work with Jenny, actually. Well, she, you, um, that's a good thing. She, she would have yelled at you, too. I was supposed to work with her, and then she shit came and said, I don't want Tosh too much. Jenny's yeah, out. Get the scoffed again. We tried to get Jenny on the podcast, for the record. But, um, yeah. I no, think there's I a lot of value to that, though, yeah. is that, that kind of like um, it's a healthy peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're not really getting it from your peers, but you're kind of getting it from your peers. Like if you're a turd, yeah. people let you know, and that you self-select in that scenario. Yep. Just like you're either going to be here or you're not, but it's not going to be based. We're going to kick you out. Like you're just not going to be able to deal with it. Yep. Yeah, and that's what I think. What makes that crew really special? It is. Yeah. It is. A, it is unique. I I think about the high-performing teams, collections of teams that I've been on through my life or whatever. You know, and I compare. I would put the seminar staff. Uh, on par with some of the best teams that I've been on in terms of wanting to meet me better, having to know your shit, being being solid, being strong, like just across the spectrum. I would put that on par with the instructor staff at the Infantry Officers course. Like I would put okay. seminar staff close to that, I mean, which is saying a lot. That, yeah, I, I think people hear that, but I don't think they really understand. Like that's not, I don't think people, when somebody like you says that, you're not saying, that's not, that's not, that's not a, it's not a statement you make lightly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an earned statement. We're like, no, 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 this group of people legitimately has their shit together and is pursuing betterment all the way around. Like, everybody there shows up and they're like, I want to be a better public speaker. I want to have better interpersonal skills. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better follower. I want to be a better worker bee, like, whatever. And I think it's just, I've, I haven't been around many groups like that. And mm-hmm. it's just like, man. Oh, and at the end of the day, when the floor master gives you feedback, and you're like, okay, I'm, you're writing all your feedback. Now. I was right. like, give me more. Right. Okay, cool. Like, good, good. You gave me all the good stuff that I'm doing. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit about right. what I'm doing good. What, what do I, what can I do better? What can I do better? You guys got better? good stuff on your you feedback? Know? <laughs> 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 Where is that? Jenny. <laughs> you're doing the feedback wrong over there? <laughs> it was always three nice ones and one bad one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, it was, oh, it wasn't a sandwich. I, I just got four <laughs> bad ones. Bad ones. Four bad ones. Yeah, so, but but I think what is also unique about that group is um, it is no nonsense, and and even if you are doing a good job, the level of competency that's expected is that there are always things that you can improve on, like things you're not paying attention to. Like all, all of us will get some level of complacency somewhere in our delivery in a seminar setting, and in the good flows, I think though the ones who are paying attention know how to pick that stuff out. Be like, you're crushing it over here. I don't have any feedback. But right here, mm-hmm. this thing right here, while it might seem subtle, it's not if you're trying to be the best. And if you're here, you're trying to be the best. So you got to clean that up. Yeah. That's what I've always appreciated. I've always got some sort of critical feedback from every flow master I've ever worked with. It, there, it was never like, hey, great job. Mm-hmm. It was like, you're doing, you're doing really good. This could be better. And that's what I've always loved about it. And come to crave it too. Mm-hmm. Which is like, don't tell me I'm good at stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, who cares? Oh, even it was um, <clears throat> the flows that I respected the most, I think, incredible. It wasn't the ones like, oh, you missed this word and you said this incorrectly and you skipped this. Like, okay, cool. That, but they don't spend a lot of time no. on that. It's just like, hey, you need to read your level one manual over again, your trainer guide, because you're not giving it verbatim like you're supposed to on these right. things and you missed this point. Okay, cool. Like, got that. That hurts because right. th- that flow master knew that you cared about your job so much that 
that was not going to happen again. All they had to do was say it. Right. But what they did dig in, I was like, hey, the next time you do up there, like, try working this and see what you get in terms of response or some sort of soft skill inside. Right. And it's like, man, this person's trying to develop me as a human being. Yeah. And, and, and the application is in delivering the level one material to a seminar. Right. But that's just the application of this individual trying to make me a better human right. being for all these other applications. Right. Those flow masters have magic. Yeah. There's not a lot of them that can do that super well. Who can you th- who are you thinking about? Well, you write it down. You write you write three names down on a piece of paper. All right, I bet you we come up with at least one of all the same three names. Yeah, there's I mean? a lot of carryover. Yep. But there's We're all gonna write Jenny because she's here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't write she was not, I never had to work for her. Well Tosh, what strikes me like it's fascinating about you is you have a rough exterior, but I think you are very vulnerable. Like you, you, you put that out there. Even just in this, you know, few minutes that we've gone going so far. When did that get developed in you? Yeah, I just because I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Uh, yeah, I know when it happened. Wasn't good time. You think you're you think you're all fucking that, and the next thing you know, you're you're not, and people people die. That'll sober you up quick. You think you're invincible. You think you can just do this. You can walk on a battlefield because of because of your all your successes. And now you can cut corners and cheat corners and you start believing in your own bullshit. Start believing in your own bullshit. Yeah, and then when, when people get hurt because of that, I remember that. And if it wasn't for Pat Malay saying, hey, Tosh, I think you've had enough, I probably would have got a lot of people, a lot more people killed. So, yeah, I'll never go back. I'll never go back and be that person. You know, too many people walk around all the time. They tell you what they know. I'm going to tell you what I know. I'm going to tell you what I know. I'm going to tell you who I am, who I think I am. It's like, yeah, hey, cool. Like, you're, you're, you're fucking dangerous. You know, I don't, I don't like to be around those people. I like to be around people that um, are willing to inspect themselves, identify where maybe they got some room to grow. Because what that does is that's a reflection for you to be able to do the same for yourself. It's, it's setting an example. So that you don't fall in that trap, you know. And when we were at the MP officers course, uh, Uncle Jay, you know, Piers Jay Lappy, um, we were instructors at the MP officers course. This is all post most of my kinetic operations, right. and then um, he had this saying: "It's like, yeah, believe it in your own bullshit. One of the most dangerous things you could ever do is believe in your own bullshit. And you're always going to believe in your own bullshit if you're around the people that continually believe your bullshit too." And not only do they believe in it, they feed it back to you. And then you're just in this echo chamber of bullshit. See how that works out for you when you're in the middle of the woods by yourself and you're trying to survive or you're in the middle of this situation in the middle of that. Or worse, when you're trying to have people rely on you to, to know what you know and not bullshit what you don't know so that you can organize strengths and mitigate weaknesses in order to be successful. And uh, I started thinking about my kids. You know, I would want to be so full of bullshit, my kids, because if you think about your children in, in my relationship with my children, everybody's relationship with the children much different. I'm not saying that my relationship with the children is perfect or imperfect. It's just mine. But kids generally, like they look up to their parents like you didn't have to get a degree to be a parent. Did you? You didn't have to get anybody's permission to be a parent. You didn't have to pass any tests in order for you to say, OK, hey, you're good to be a parent. 
You don't have to do any of that. You just fucking get drunk and do the wrong thing. <laughs> and the next thing you know. I was going to say, I did have to give my wife permission. Any, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barely. any idiot. Any idiot can be a parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, you're, and what's so beautiful about kids are they look, no matter how fucked up that person is, it's a parent. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, you can. It's better off. It's fine. Um, kids will always give the parents the benefit of the doubt. Like trust is implicit until the parent actually proves that they don't deserve it. Right? It's not like that when you're dealing with adults. Like, you have to earn my trust. Like, you don't just get it and then it's yours to... Right. You have to earn it. Kids will automatically give their parent figure the trust until that parent figure decides to lose it. And it's like, man, I don't want to be this dude that's so full of shit all the time. I I have all the trust of my kids, all the trust of my kids, and am I giving them shit that's going to ruin them for the rest of their lives? I worked for a guy when I was a young Jay. I was, uh, I think I was a lieutenant, and I had a chief who was a former, he was a tanker. He was a Marine and then transferred, went Navy. And um, he was great. Charles Smith, he's from South Carolina. I like, I'd give that dude a, the biggest hug in the world if I, if I saw him right now. And he always had this thing. He's like, you know, he's like, there's essentially three types of men in this world. So there's men that don't raise their kids at all. There's men that raise their kids. And then there's men that raise the parents of their future grandkids. And that like burned my brain because it's a whole different way to look at that. It's Mm -hmm. like, you're a child, but I have to look at this whole thing in the context of making you a good human being for later. And I've never forgotten that. So when he told me that, and it it makes me look at, you know, how I interact with my kids or my staff or just people in general. It's like, what, what's the, what's the downstream effect of my interaction with you? Just Mm -hmm. past you, not just me and you, but like one step further than me and you. Is that going to, is that going to carry on? Is it going to be a negative effect? Is it going to be a positive effect? Like, what's that going to be? And thinking about it, <clears throat> and having to do a lot of self reflection of like, not projecting my shit on other people, because then that will just go to the next person, whether it was my whether that was my intention or not. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thanks, Chuck. You know, like <laughs> that guy, that guy was great. You know, he had like, you know, he's like most chiefs, you know, like the guys in the Marine Corps, he's like, you got a whole book of sayings that you're trying to write down half the time, you know? And, yeah. uh, but that was one of them. We, and we would sit around and just bullshit all the time, but he was great. I, I, I loved that guy. Chuck. Yeah. Charles Smith. He was great. I don't, I don't want to take this off topic because that's awesome. But what you were saying and what you're saying, I think you can draw a correlation to affiliate owners. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's, what, all, it's what kind of you, all the same. What you were saying, you know, where it's like, Affiliate owners are notorious, Fern and I speak about, of getting caught up in their own bullshit and surrounding themselves with yes people. And then all of a sudden when they're alone, they're like, how'd this happen? Or what do I do now? And they're useless. So I think there's a lot that can be taken from that. For I mean, I was that guy to, for a long time. I was, you know, when my affiliate was garbage, it was because of that. I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Telling myself every day. I'm like, oh, it's fine. You know, you ask any affiliate, I'm like, how oh, things going? Pretty good. Is it? Like people asking people about their nutrition. How's your nutrition? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, Definitely. and then when they're co- you get one coach that's willing to say something and stand right. up, and they're like, "I don't want to hear it." Yeah, and then it falls apart. Yeah, yeah. And I think so. It is kind of going through that. Is that the genesis of Diesel Days? Kind of that 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 evolution for you? Is that how you kind of crafted that, or is that a? Yeah, I'll say that it is. So shift Diesel Days, um, keeping affiliate that piece because I think it's all similar. It's it's. Um, <clears throat> We talk about, so let me, let me, let me start like this, uh, was doing diesel days. And then I started to, I started to remember the future, right? Um, 
I'm losing, I'm losing control of this narrative. I'm going to lose control of this brand. I've seen it happen with this and this and this and this so that I can remember that for my future because it's ready to happen. And we've got Dustin Virgil, Connor Warman, jacked dudes crushing the Diesel Day, and we got pictures of it, right? And then we do a Diesel Day 2, and we've got so-and-so and so-and-so coming in, and they're breaking the record that Dustin Virgil set. And it's dudes that are jacked, lifting a lot of weights, and it's a diesel, the word Diesel Day, right? Like it right. just it connotes uh, – physical right. event. And so we started to get all these applications. Everybody wants to come and do this physical event. Tosh, I want to come for one of your beatdowns. Ah, it's not a beatdown. And I started thinking, and Portillo's like, sir, you're too soft. Portillo was a Marine okay. who uh, worked with me. And um, he came for a diesel day. He was in Fallujah with us. And uh, he's like, sir, afterwards, I got some feedback for you. Right. And I love Portillo. It. And he's like, you're just too soft on these people. You're too soft. What happened to the old, the old sir, you know, just beat the shit out, just crushes. <laughs> Here you are, you're walking the trail and putting pickles in my mouth. <laughs> giving me a Jolly Rancher and you're just nice and you're saying nice things. Like, fuck that, sir. These people, these people need the old you. I'm just like, yeah, you know, Portillo, I get it, Porto man. Like, People are paying a lot of money to come here to learn some shit. Like, you know, you know this isn't the Marine Corps. Like, I right. can beat the shit out of you guys. And I had your loyalty, so you weren't going to tell on me. Uh, it's different there. You had to do yeah, what I told you. Right? This is voluntary. Yeah. Get their bang. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then I started thinking, like, hey, I don't want people, I don't want people thinking that this is a physical event. Because it's not. This is, this is a, a psychological event that masquerades as a physical event, psychological meaning, um, emotional, intellectual, even spiritual, mm -hmm. you could say, right? Like, um, but we masqueraded as a physical event. Hey, you're going to come here and you're going to work out for 24 hours and you do this and you're going to, oh my God. Uh, and, and it draws and, oh, you're CrossFit and you got rogue fitness weights and this and that. And the images of our dudes with their shirts off that are jacked. And I'm like, yay. And so we, we had to deliberately take control of some messaging. Like, hey, this is not, you're going to come, you might come here for a physical event and you might come here because you need to talk to Fernandez right. for a little bit, right? right? Like Fern needs to have a conversation with Fern. You right. come here for different reasons. Um, but everybody's going to leave saying, holy shit, this was so much more than the physical event. This is really, like I got some of the physical, didn't think I could do this and do this. And that's cool because we layer success right. points, right? Um, but you're going to come out 10 to one. Oh my God. The way I think now, the way I process the stuff that I've gotten by going through this event I'm a better person. And we used the, we used the catch line and I got it from Clint Bruce, a uh, team guy from, from yeah, yeah. phenomenal dude. Right? You know, Great Clint, public speaker. Amazing. Yeah. Every time I talk with him, I, his language patterns, oh, his, the way he communicates, it's one of the greatest erotic things. the way he Oh, the, one of the greatest things I've ever heard him say is like the absence of adversity means you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. I'm like, just phrases shit. I was like, yeah. what? I mean, where'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> right? He's got a so Naval many. Academy guy. Yeah. Played in the NFL. Yep. Like, yep. dude, just, just, has a story you're just like, are you a superhero? Maybe football Hall of Famer, yeah. isn't he? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. and then played for the Saints. Yep. Yeah. He does a lot of work. Phenomenal dude. Just Google Clint Bruce, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm forgetting all this stuff that I could say about him. But anyways, he said something to me. He's like, Tasha, what you're doing basically is you're taking you're taking lessons from the battlefield and the ball field and making them appropriate to the boardroom and the breakfast table. I'm like, I talked to you for half an hour and you just I can give you like seven words. <laughs> and it means more than everything that I said in a half an hour. You learn some shit in the ball field. You learn some shit in the battlefield. The same stuff, it's very consistent between the two, because I'm a big consistency guy, Right. Um, can be applied in the boardroom, 
and the breakfast table, meaning your profession, your family, at sport or play, and in combat, right? And and you've got something really, really unique there, Tosh, that the way you think, I don't have to understand the scenario that I'm in and then pick the way to think for the scenario. Just think what you think and develop the program. And then regardless of the scenario, stick with how you think mm-hmm. and you'll be successful. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I do. That's how I was as a as a as a marine officer, you know, in my in, during the better part of my career when I was actually getting fairly good, I guess. Um, but and that's what it is. It's it's um, I've done a lot of ultra endurance events. I've done a lot of things in the military, and I find myself, you know, inevitably you find yourself faced up against adversity or mm. self doubt or conflict or struggle. Whatever it is. And it's like, hey, I constantly get these questions on podcasts or conversations or interviews. Like, well, what do you think? What's your strategy? What did you do in this scenario? You tell us stories. I'm like, oh, what were you thinking? And finally, I just started writing those things down just because I was analyzing. We were going to write a book. And um, I started to see a trend in how I was answering certain questions and, you know, a collection of seven or eight or nine whatever things. And I was like, man, I really do do that. And every time you tell the story, like, hey, you ask a question, I answer it. Mm-hmm. You ask a question, I answer it. It's not maybe verbatim, but the this yeah. is the same. And so I kept writing those down. And as I'm looking at them, I'm like, okay, cool. I said, well, now what I need to do is I need to constantly do something harder and harder and harder. I keep pushing my margins out. Right. And uh, which I'm, I'm done pushing my margins out. I'm getting ready to sit in my lazy boy and just be, I'm going to buy a lazy boy and I'm going to sit in it and stop pushing my margins. <laughs> I'm done with those things because it just keeps getting me into Your margins are far enough. <laughs> yeah. Man. Uh, Let's find something harder to do. So find something different than I was doing that's hard. And now consciously see if I'm actually using these or are you just full of shit? Right. And so there was about, and then I said, oh man. And then I just sort of, and I packaged them up on the left hand. And I just call it checking in with the left hand. And whenever you're facing something or whatever, you just pick your left hand, just pick a finger. Well, that finger means this and that finger means that. And, just, and you don't even have to pick the right finger for the scenario. Just pick a finger and start there and use what that finger represents it's going to lead you to a different finger and you're going to move through it. And so we created a diesel day event that helps you practice, put into practical application while you have a mentor coach there with you to work on this left hand material. And then it gets you through this event, right? right? Like, Oh shit, I got a row in the rower for an hour. Oh my God, it sucks. Well, it gets you through that. But that rower is, symbolic of you having to sit at the breakfast table with your mother-in-law or whatever it is, right? Like, or in the boardroom or or some challenge or struggle that you're going to face. And you just, and then you get to practice it. And we get to put it into practice over and over again, because over a 24 hour period, everybody's on their own, you can hit highs and lows at different times. And if we're doing our job right on the, on the instructor side, we're pushing and doing this and doing that. And we're saying words and setting it up, not artificially, but we're present to help you through and we're connecting you to help you practice and you're going to hit it four or five or six or 10. Some people hit it two times. Some people it takes 20 hours before it hits them. But the, the physical piece is just the vehicle for me to deliver you to the, to the mental space that allows me to be in there with you to have the conversations that you're having in your head and right. teach you how to reframe the conversation so that you can be successful. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that it, the physical aspect in order to what it, essentially maybe break that boundary so you can get to where you need to go. Like I have to remove that, that armor, that whatever that, that sheath on top of you, because that's what's 
That's what's preventing us from getting there. Yeah. So I have to like soften that up a little bit in order to get to whatever the shit is we're going to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you find that that is almost required? In order, I mean, you could do this a lot of different ways, I'm sure, but yeah. it's probably like the easiest mechanism to do that maybe. I don't know. I'm just familiar with it, right? Like right. my background training, I was always, I always had this talent for figuring out how to train and do appropriate training and good training and quality, whatever, whatever through right. the military. And then afterwards, and I'm physically wired by nature and leverage, na- leverage nature as well. Um, you can, you can put your guard up. Everybody can put their guards up and protect yourself. But when you start to get tired, it's harder for you to expend the energy on keeping your guard up. Right. And you find yourself getting a little bit more when you're physically fatigued, you get a little more emotional. It's harder to keep your psychological guard up. What's the saying? Fatigue makes cowards of us all. Oh, sleep deprivation makes cowards of every yeah. fatigue, eh, but sleep deprivation. You want to make somebody a coward? Just okay. take away their sleep. Man. How quick does that happen? Every different for everybody. Yeah. It, your events twenty four hours. Diesel day one's twenty four. How, how long is diesel day two, Jenny? Thirty two. Thirty two. Diesel day is thirty two. We add an extra eight on for diesel day two. And do you find that you can get deeper on those days? So Diesel Day 2, um, you don't get to do a Diesel Day 2 unless you've been to Diesel Day 1. Right. Because what we're doing is Diesel Day 1, you're going to come to me, and I'm taking care of everything. I'm helping you with your diet, your nutri- or your nutrition, not really your diet. I'm helping with your nutrition. I'm helping with your mindset. I'm helping cut, fix blisters, change your socks. I'll, you, if you tell me you need to change your socks, I'll change your socks for you. Like I'll wash your hands. I'll bring you a towel. Everything is you're 100% catered to. It all happens here. All happens here on the property. That's Jay's kind of event. He doesn't like to do yeah, it. Yeah, like, massages. Or what massages. Massages. Hit you with a paragon. <laughs> yeah. Slap Can't do it you. today. Yeah. <laughs> shove peanut butter. <laughs> Jelly Sounds like more throat. action than I get at home. So, <laughs> yes, that's between you and your lady. <laughs> so, so that's Diesel Day they One. Because Tosh what I don't want you. you to do, Tosh or James or Jenny or Connor or all of Jenny's us, you throwing know. down the massages. <clears throat> Men, I'm in. <laughs> because I don't want you focused on that. Right. I want to get the most work out of you as possible, so I can deliver you as fast as possible to this. Right. And then the sooner I can do that because you're not worried about these things and bang, now I'm working because this is what matters to me, mm. this and this, right. you know, um, then when you get the diesel day two, the event, the total event changes, all the movements and the exercise and everything like that, the, the format changes. Um, but what happens there is now I do a little less of certain things as okay. a staff. We do a little bit less of certain things because you're supposed to be able to demonstrate like, okay, cool. Like you can go for 24 hours nonstop when Tosh is there yelling at you or motivating you or giving you a high fives, but you're, Tosh isn't going to be with you for the rest of your life. Right. You should be a little bit more capable now. Yeah. And so it's an opportunity for you to put into practice what you learned at Diesel. After you've taken some time, a lot of things, times, uh, the, the benefits or the effects or the lessons or whatever it is, the match that comes out of Diesel day one, doesn't hit you until two months or three months later. And I'll get a text message or an email. Oh, my God, Tosh. Like, Put it together. It's like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, everybody's on their own timeline. Some people, it happens sooner. Um, but I've been of the... Diesel days that we've done, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 or 13 diesel days, maybe maybe there's five people that I haven't ever heard back from. Hmm. Not because they just, because I make myself available to them beforehand, afterhand. We do, right. Once you do a diesel day, you have forever mentoring. Right, so right, you right. can reach out and I'll always engage. Like, that's just part of the thing. But um, diesel day two, then you got to practice and put into play. And then we're still there, but the, the event ramps up, you know? 
Um, just because you got to get you to the psychological place again. And if you're practicing all the things that you've learned from, if you're practicing all the things that I gave you from diesel day one, and you're coming to diesel when they don't work, well, what the fuck did I sell you? It right. 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 It doesn't make sense. I mean, right. it's great from a business perspective to constantly make right. money, like, but I'm not right. here to make money. Yeah. I'm here to help people. Yeah. It's like, why do you need to see so the doctor so often? Come back to diesel day <laughs> two and you should be successful. Right. And so if you're successful, your reason to think that if I kept the intensity level or the task the same, you'd, you wouldn't need me again. So I got to change the task and the intensity level. We got to lengthen the duration and you're going to be successful until you're not. But it's really cool is to, to figure out when it doesn't work and break down and then we can, we can build onto that. Um, and so it's like, it's hard for me to explain right. and just verb. I got to use my hands, but cause I was telling um, my wife, Nicole, she says, I want to do diesel day one again. I'm like, well, why? Like, you've got it. You've got yeah, you did it. Need. Well, I didn't do this. And I didn't do this. I'm like, okay, cool. So you're going to come back to diesel so that you can say that you did it and you fucking won. That's not what diesel day is about. Like you can come back to diesel because what we do at diesel day one is, Diesel day one is here to here. Mm-hmm. You did it all. Maybe you arrived here. Right. Don't come back to diesel day one so you can solve this. I see what you're Why would I do that? So come back to diesel day two where I do from here to here. Right. And so when you come back to diesel two, you get to work on not only this, but then you get to go to here. It's progressive in, in right. thought for training. Instead of like, oh, I got to get my 100% before I can go to the next thing. No, no, no. There's overlap. Because then there's some reinforcement. Mm-hmm. And then there's that. Now, if you come to Diesel Day One and you only got to hear it, which we've had one or two, but they came here for different reasons. Right. They didn't come here for that. Both of them came here because they were prepping to do, much like Lindsay Andrews, she's right. prepping to do Kilimanjaro. Right. right? So we, I kind of worked with them. But when Kate came here, she hit this, but she was prepping for an Everesting. Mm-hmm. And so we delivered her to there. She's one of two people that I would say, yeah, you can come back to Diesel Day One for sure. Come back to diesel day one, man. I'll fucking comp you. Right. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I, cause I know that we were focused on this, but right. she's a special client of mine in another realm. Mm-hmm. So we just got her to where we wanted her. And now she'll come back and we'll get, get the rest of this. Right. But you don't just come to a diesel day two. There's nobody that comes and just does a diesel day two. No, you shouldn't be able to. No. Yeah. You'd have to prove some, something prior to that. Yeah. That you're kind of like, I guess, worthy of, the, I don't say worthy. That's not probably worthy. not the right word, but like, but ready. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you've, you've, You've you've walked the path. You're like, okay, I, I understand what this is about, and and I've and I'm the next piece is probably pretty pretty clear to people coming into the second one. Yeah. Where the first one is probably, I'm kind of here to figure this out. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if you just come to Diesel Day Two and you've missed all this material, like, how am I supposed to make connection right. with you so that you can make meaning of your experience when you don't have right. the shared common experience that precedes it? Right. We have to operate from shared common experience to have implicit understanding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's, what, that's what all my events do, whether it's Diesel Days or the other stuff that I do with Cricket Butterfly Ranch or the Big Fish Foundation, is I try to create shared common experiences so that everybody has a baseline to make meaning and connection from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like a iterative learning process. Right. You know, I think we might have talked about it on the first yeah, yeah, podcast, yeah. Yep. right? Like, uh, yeah, we, we, we kind of dabbled. With training. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is, so with those, so is, so Big Fi- what Big Fi- explain to people what Big Fish Foundation is. Oh, that's uh, that's the nonprofit that right. we, we set up for veterans. Right. We we just provide amazing opportunities to veterans who want to continue to work on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, well, it might not be recently, but you 
did you just recently or last year do something with Travis Manning Foundation? Every year, I do I do something every year with Travis Manning Foundation, but that's through Crooked Butterfly Ranch. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. Crooked Butterfly Ranch is a, a for profit business that I started, leadership experiential learning. Got it. Okay. Right? And we were doing things and we were doing amazing things for veterans and I wanted to do more. So I was going to start making chewing tobacco to sell so that all the money that I made from the chewing tobacco, I, I could still want some for, I know, right? <laughs> Fucking government. So that I could pay for the opportunity for veterans. Cause I felt like we were doing, and, um, Bill Henniger was like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cause he loves veterans. Obviously. I mean, yeah. he's amazing, amazing man. Um, and when that fell through, he's like, well, but what are we doing? Tosh? He's like, I just want to help veterans that they can benefit from this, but a lot of them can't afford it or whatever. And I just wanted to make money so that I could pay for it. He's like, well, I'll just raise money for you. Why don't you start a nonprofit and I'll give you money? And I was like, well, I don't want to start a nonprofit. I just want to help veterans. Right. I want to sell chewing tobacco. And so he just, <laughs> he just let me go for a year. And then finally I was like, hey, Bill, I want to, I want to do that again. He's I'll like, take yeah, that money, Bill. <laughs> and so. Um, so how'd you get connected with TMF? I had been working with TMF for a long time, even before Cricket Butterfly. Back when I was in the military, I've done um, some some guest speaking, some okay. keynote stuff. Right. Um, uh, you didn't, you didn't know him, friends. did you? In I the... didn't, but his okay. one of his really good buddies, Josh Jabin, is their um, yeah, yeah, yeah. COO. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's right, because uh, Jabin was a... Marine up in He was a Marine, Travis. but he was a senior when I was a freshman. And then Travis oh, was a... shit, Travis was right. a, He was a good friend of mine. He yeah, was yeah. a year, year above you, wasn't he? Uh, Jabin, or... Travis. Travis. So uh, interesting story. So he was there a year before. Um, I don't remember. I actually don't remember what the circuit, but basically they like circled him back and he ended up in my class. So okay. plebe year. And then we graduated together, you know, did, uh, oh, at least, yeah, at least, together. at least we did at least one summer cruise together. Um, and he was, um, and him and Brendan yep. were Winnie. roommate roommates and Brendan and I went to uh, naps together. Um, okay. yeah, his sister, Ryan, amazing, you yeah. know, and his, dad and you know like yeah just really really good people i never put that connection together that yeah that was, oh shit yeah. yeah so i knew him for a long time yep gotcha. yeah good dude yeah so amazing, Travis, Travis amazing shit talker comes up yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. amazing shit talker yeah. you know like it's cool like you can hear people's friends say hey this person was a good dude right like okay that means something but like of course your friends so what are you gonna say now my friends a douchebag like, yeah come on. i mean yeah hey my friends fucked up here or there but he's a good dude right? yeah like you know like, yeah but when you're men now that's the luxury of a military experience, right? right. But like when the, your men, like men and women, okay, fine. I just didn't work with women in the, in the infantry, but um, at my time, what they said about you spoke volumes. Like, oh, no, that's a good officer, right? That's a good sergeant, or yeah. that's a good, you know, gunny, whatever. Like that meant the world. Yeah, anybody can say something about the peers. It's like, okay, that's a no, that's a data point. Right. And, but uh, I always used to say, I wrote a paper. I didn't get a lot of thumbs up. <laughs> Uh, mm. because at uh, EWS or AWS, whatever, you had to write a paper or something, something, something. I wrote a paper, and I said, popularity is the ultimate leadership indicator. I believe that. And it's like, popularity? No, it's not a popularity contest. It's like, ah, you're taking you the most popularity yeah, yeah, away. You, you, you misinterpreted it. it. Yeah, you misinterpreted it. so I wrote it. this long, it had to be a long, I don't know, it was a million fucking pages, because um, <laughs> it had to be. Right? Like, <laughs> just like, fashion, just right? randomly Everybody putting words just, in order. Like, yeah, yeah. first paragraph. 78, the 78 adjectives in front of this. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, popularity, man. Like, he, whoever's the most popular is probably the best leader. But it, nobody read through the thick of the stuff. Well, in the military, that term has a different meaning. Negative. Big yeah, negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's meaning, like, popularity. It's not the same, like, in, as most people look at popularity. Like, if you're popular in in combat units or in stuff like that, it's be probably because you have your shit together and you yeah. are a 
good dude. So that's what's just like, hey, do you know uh, you know so and so? You're like, good motherfucker. And you're like, okay, check, yep. checks out, got it, all right, cool. And they're like, oh, and they might give you the, hey, what about that guy? And you're like, uh, he's like, he's, he's all right. You what know, people like, don't say is usually more telling than what right. people do say. They're like, yeah, you'll see. You're yeah. like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but like popular amongst the three different. So in up in, and in this down paper, is the big one. Up, down, right. and across the peers, right. right? So your subordinates, your superiors, and your peers. Right. If if all three of those guys are saying or groups are saying good dude good dude good like that's the one yeah, yeah. That's the one. and that's the thing that i think um that i've taken away from that and that i and i and i think a lot in corporate world and a lot of in scenarios they don't look 360 and they're like oh well the boss thinks they're great and i'm like well he's probably kissing the boss's ass yeah. he's giving the boss exactly what he wants he wants a raise of course the boss likes him i'm like what about the people that work for him yeah like, what about those dudes? What about his peers? Are they like, fucking douche, you know? Like, that's who I want to talk to. I want to talk to the people who work directly underneath that person, who work directly adjacent to that person. What do they think? I don't care what the boss thinks. We're going to find that out well, anyway. you do. Well, you do, you, but, you like, that's easy. You care about all three. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. But we're going to find that out anyway. Like, yeah. you're not going to advance if the boss doesn't think you have your shit together. Like, that one's kind of a pretty binary in a lot of scenarios. Yeah. Like, the other ones are, are a little bit, they weigh a little bit more in my mind. I'm like, what do those people think? You know, because your boss, like that's kind of self-serving in a lot of instances. Well, I'll do a good job because I want to go somewhere. I want to achieve something. But these are absent of all of that. Mm-hmm. Like my, my peers and the people that I work for, like, you know, I've said, I'm sure, I'm sure you have leaders that just stepped all over those people, made it all the way to the top because everybody thought they had their shit together. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and I think it's important too to consider the source. Right. Right. Like, so I was in a bad place. I'll, I've, I'll shoot this fucking guy if I ever see him. He's the only dude I'll shoot in the face if I ever Not see really him. everybody, just, you know. No, really. <laughs> I went, I left his command. He was a boss of mine. He was an absolute criminal, horrific human being. Um, he actually ended up, like, getting court-martialed well after I left him. He got promoted, like, two more times, and then they reduced him in rank and kicked him out of the Marine Corps. He's a fucking, anyways. Yep. So I left working for him. And I was like, oh, Tosh is all fucked up. Tosh is all fucked up. And I had to fight this professional reputation that was really, really good to freaking rock bottom. Like, Tosh is all fucked up. And for all different kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, because he's this and this and this and this. It's like, Jesus, man, I couldn't. It was bad, bad place, right? right? And then I went to work uh, at division schools because they had to put me someplace. And while I'm working at division, right before I went to division schools, I'm working for this colonel. And he sat me down. I'm just like, Jesus, here I am. You know, this Tosh has come in, and he's got everybody in the fucking Marine Corps knows he's all fucked up, whatever, because this guy, I mean, he's a battalion commander. He had a lot mm-hmm. of pull. And I sat down behind uh, Colonel Haskin, um, Hastings' desk, and he just looks at me, recon dude, been in the Marine Corps forever. Like, just, he's um, he's working G3, right? He's okay. ops for division. Yep. And um, he's like, hey, don't worry about what, so I'm not going to use his name. Yep. Todd's name, Todd, Todd Eckloff. I'm not going to use his name. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He listens to um, the show, too. So it's awkward now. <laughs> I hope he does. I'm coming for you. I'll find I'm not going to look for him, but I, I thought I ran into him in Denver, downtown Denver. I was walking into the Secretary of State office because I had to get some shit done, and there's a dude walking on the street, and I literally stopped, and I started shaking. Like, I literally, I was like, and I'm looking back. I'm like, I literally thought it was him. Yeah. He just kept walking, and I, like, it had this... Absolutely uncontrollable reaction I had. And I was like, Tosh, just, I had to right. f- get my head like back in control because yeah, I was about breathe, to lose breathe, it, breathe. <laughs> But anyways, so I'm sitting across the desk, I'm all over the place here. Um, Colonel Hastings' desk at the G3, and he's like, hey, don't worry about Todd. He's your best endorsement. 
I get it. And I was like, hmm, cool. So meaning consider the source, like this dude who's an absolute shit show. People know. Right. He's in position, whatever. He's saying bad things about you. Well, the source matters. The source, the the source, source matters, matters, right? Yeah. Like, so it back, back to this, I don't know why I had to tell that story, but um, when you're getting words from subordinates about somebody or whatever, it's like, ah, I'm like, okay, hey, how come the group of shitbirds are all saying that's a great leader? Hmm. Okay, consider the source. So in your popularity contest for right. leadership, you always have to consider. Right. So this, it's not unanimous voting. Right. Let's consider who's making the vote first. Yeah, it's not how many likes you got on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, what does this cohort think <clears throat> of this person? They, you might get three different answers. Yeah. So you have to sort that out and be like, okay, I now I have to look at that group. But so this is, you know, from an, because aff- I always like to try to tie this stuff into affiliate ownership. This is something I think many of us lack because that takes a lot of introspection. Uh, you have to ask a lot of questions that most people won't answer the first thousand times you ask it. And then finally you might crack that nut and they'll be like, okay, here's the deal, man. Mm-hmm. You're messed up for whatever reason. Here's what, here's what I actually think. And I don't think this is what I've learned. And I don't know if this is right or wrong, but if you want people to tell you the truth, you have to ask them a lot of times to continue to ask, Hey, give me the feedback. Give me the feedback. Cause like most people don't actually mean it when they ask, when they, so I have to just keep asking. Hey, no, like literally tell me if I'm fucked up, I need to know, tell me. And then eventually you'll get there. But I don't think as, like as leaders and affiliate owners, stuff like that, I don't think they're resilient enough with the, with the ask, like, tell me, like, give me the answer. I would agree. Maybe I'm not in affiliate <clears throat> space. I could, I could see how I would want to agree. I don't think that's wrong, but I'll, let me, let me ask this. Let's just, let me just throw a different piece to it. Yep. If you want people to tell you the truth, then you've got to be willing to tell the truth. hundred percent. If I'm if I'm the kind of guy that always walks around and I'm is you're you're one of my clients right or uh, you go to my gym one of my members and I'm like oh good movement good movement good movement <laughs> oh perfect oh beautiful like, hey you're fucked up hey you're not going below parallel and then you throw a temper tantrum like hey no fucking rap like but if I'm willing to go there with right. you regardless of your response you're probably going to be more willing to tell me the truth too we had the same conversation with Nicole Christensen last night right. about like how, how our interactions yeah. with her clients I'm like you have the right to say that. Because it's been reciprocated so many times and everybody's just like, you're not bullshitting me here, dude. And out of respect, like it's going to come back here and I'm going to take it as well. Yeah. And I think, um, but you it, want people to give you honest feedback. You got well, we learned it when we're doing breakouts. Oh yeah. In the circles. <laughs> oh, oh great. Oh, perfect. No, 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 no. Was it or was, was it, it not? <laughs> are you lying to them or you don't know? Is your eye not really seen? It's like, okay, that was better. Well, why was it better? Right. It better. You went deeper. Now keep your chest up. Right. Oh, different, different yeah. conversation. And no, that was perfect. Right? Perfect. Was it perfect? Really? Was it? Because <laughs> his knees were taking him. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're looking right. at the same thing. Right. Yeah. Well, now, now I'm starting to question your right. credibility as a coach because if you're calling that perfect. Well, that's a tough one, right? Because you have to, you have to ask the following question to say, do you not see that or are you not okay telling them the truth? Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's yeah. where you have to get through that. And, and yeah. that's a weird little I heard package you doing that today. Yeah. In the coach's development. Yeah. We're working. She's like, Oh, it's good. I'm like, go back over there. Look at that again. And she's <laughs> like, oh, it's just as forward. I'm like, just say that the first time. Yeah. Like it's the, you're not offending them. No. But again, if I want to have this connection with my athletes or my staff, you have to tell them the truth. Yeah. And sometimes it's painful. Yeah. But again, I mean, you, like if you, if you're coming from a place of care, and you're genuinely invested in these people, it will work itself out. Well, do all affiliate owners genuinely care? No. Well, why not? What do they think? Well, I mean, they care about something, but maybe not necessarily. Right. Right. And there's no, there's no indictment there. They're trying to run a business, trying to do this, or just trying to give people an opportunity. They're trying to like whatever, whatever it is. Right. But, like I mean, okay, does that affiliate owner do they? Does that coach really care about 
that member? Or do they just care about the attention that they're getting by being the coach? Or do they just care about making their money? I mean, there's right. many different motives. And what is care like? Do they care about like really getting it? Or do they, or they just care about like, I'm doing something that I think feels good. And yeah. so like, what is your gonna... definition of care? Have to be better than my definition right. of care. Yeah, yeah. Or your just expression put, of care. But that's one of the things right? we take. It's just like figuring out what that is first. What yeah. you like, what your thing is, not what his or mine is, but like you figure out what yours is. If we can figure that out, well then we can, that's easy. It's much easier from there, kind of like what you're talking about in this whole evolution. But I think, <clears throat> I mean, affiliate ownership is an emotionally draining thing. I can't imagine All right. Okay. So if you don't have that anchor and you haven't figured that out and you can't revert back to that and understand, well, like, why am I here? Well, you're going to have a real tough go of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be able to tell people the truth. You're not going to have good staff. You're not going to have people that give a shit. You're not going to have clients that stay around, that trust you. To pick you up when you're a disaster as an owner mm-hmm. and like, Hey, I'm gonna give you a pass on this one. Like I, I, I get it. People fall down. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I look at some of the members I've had for 10 plus years. I'm like, how did you deal with my nonsense? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like the fact that you're still here just means you're an amazing person. Like I, like what a disaster I was at some points. Yeah, we all are right. We're yeah. all on the growth curve. I really, yeah. up. <laughs> hopefully <you know? laughs> what's funny about this is like, Hey, this is no different than diesel day. Like your application is in the affiliate space. It's no different right. than tr- trying to give messaging to affiliate owners, but like you're trying to make them better affiliate owners, you're trying to make them better people. It all just comes out to make be a better person. Right. If you're a better person, what do you do? You Best ask questions or try to understand your constituents better or your, your clients better or your family better. Ask questions, a life of introspection, always thinking like, am I good enough? Am I right? Am I wrong? How can I be better? Like if you don't stay up at night, at least for a couple minutes before you fall asleep, like thinking like, man, what did I fuck up today and how will I not fuck it up tomorrow? Or how can it be better? What am I not doing right? This life of introspection and constantly bouncing off of different people. What do you see? What do you see? How do you think? Well, this is how I think. Well, what's, do we, is there differences right. that need to be reconciled or is it just differences that need to be understood? And how are you looking at this from a different stronger? angle? Yeah. yeah. That I don't see. Yeah. You want to be a better affiliate owner, man. Like just, just ask yourself a ton of questions instead of the same tired questions that you give yourself the same thumbs up A plus answers to. <laughs> Doing great. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to give myself an A minus on this one. But, I mean, come on, let's face it, it's still an A. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So what's the, um, did you do the, when, when's the, did you and Chris go do your rowing extravaganza yet? No, man, it's coming up. December. When this, is it? This December. December, yeah. We've been training now for a year. Literally the own mind is probably the hardest thing for them. This race is the toughest mental challenge on the planet, easily. Well, I say one thing, and someone told me before this race as well, and that's um, be stronger than your excuse. Because after three hours row, you can find 100 excuses to stay in your bed for half an hour longer or something. And, uh, but as soon as you think about those excuses, that's when you punish yourself and go outside and, uh, and go and row again. And that's the, that's the thing I think. If you want to achieve stuff, you have to be stronger than those excuses. Um, we got another year, 10 months left. And so you're rowing down. across the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. It's that one of those things about pushing the margins. A couple hours? A couple hours, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a leisurely row. 10K? Oh, God. Two hour shifts, two on, two off, two on, two off for... 30 days. That's what I was saying. I was, I was trying to, I was like, I think it's 30 days, but that to me is um, not for the physical aspect of it. That is terrifying to me. Two on, two off for 30 days. 30 that's days. like your sleep. Yeah. It's two on, two it, off. But it's a crew. And, and your sleep is, is still food 
boat maintenance, communications, all your daily duties. For 30 days. Like it's a crew of four? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's We're you, Chris. we person team. Who else is... Um, Oh, you might know him. Who's the Chris you're referring to? Chris Smith. Chris Smith. Oh, is yeah, it Chris? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, CrossFit tried it. Jim. Yeah. Jim Hine. James. Why do I know that name? Team guy. I don't think I know him, but I may. I know. James. I may know of him, but yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's East Coast or West Coast. Brian Nicholson. Okay. Uh, team guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They both know Clint. No, Jim knows Clint. Okay. Well. I don't actually know Clint. I just know of him, oh, like gotcha, like gotcha. a second or third degree yeah. of um, and I don't remember how I came upon him but started kind of like following some of his stuff and listening to some of his talks and I was like some heavy shit yeah. um, so okay so that's terrifying yeah. rowing across the Atlantic Ocean yeah I'm not excited about that <laughs> that's what made me say hey you gotta do it but you gotta do but it like that's a, I, mine's not the physical mine is the fear of, of feeling so small in the being, being like in the world you mean in that moment so I've I've sailed and not sailed but like you call it the navy yeah. like you make a trip across the atlantic ocean and that that that's one of the more humbling things you're sitting in the middle of the ocean yeah. as for as far as you can see and you realize like how and that's on a big boat on a 300 foot yeah 350 foot boat and you're just like <laughs> oh my god boat. i'm like so Worship. small like it's just one of those things if i just fell off here like that's it nobody's ever gonna find me and it's gone it's like not even a chance like that's it you're just so small and i'm thinking about like being on a rowboat <laughs> Twenty-five and a half feet long, five. That's terrifying. Five and a half feet wide, four. It's dudes. terrifying, and I've been in heavy seas. That scares the shit out so of you, me. And you have to obviously pack your food for the month. It's a hundred, hundred percent unsupported. So everything that goes, you don't get any support. Otherwise, you're DQ'd. So what's, what's, what's the safety mechanisms for that? I was gonna go with food, but go with safety first. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about what I would eat. <laughs> yeah, don't fucking show up if you don't belong. That's the safety, right? Like it's kind of cool. Like, yeah. But there's no like. Uh, I mean, there has to be some sort there's of track. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've yeah. got a bunch of um, courses that we have to take. Mandatory courses. You know, see survival, medical, this, that, me, all this stuff. We got mandatory for the race. Um, They'll use shore-based um, search and rescue for the 400 miles, 500 miles offshore each direction, right. which leaves 2,000 miles in the middle. Um, and then there's just maritime tradition, courtesy law, right, right, right. right? like merchant vessels. Yep. So we'll have all of our comm suites, trackers, okay. all that stuff, and you just... So this is legit on your own. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll have a... They've got two cutters, two... They're like 35-foot sailboats that will... Kind of track with you go kind of through thing. the race, but I mean, there's gonna be four this year. There was 42, I think there's 42 or 44. Is boats. it a race? This we signed up for a race, so we're not just doing it on our own, we're part of a race. So it's um, a group of insane people, yeah. It's cool. The race Got is it. actually going on right now. Um, for this year, there's still a couple boats, but there could be 1500 to 2000 miles separating boat the to first boat. boat to last boat. There's <sighs> people that do this solo, that is nuts, yeah. World record for. The youngest female ever to row was set last year by this 21-year-old girl. I wanted to achieve something. And I wanted to challenge myself. So then in the future, whenever you come across any just life challenges, I can say, well, if I rode an ocean, I can get over this. I couldn't even imagine being was she on Joe Rogan? old. She was. was That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't be 21 years old by myself rowing across the land. I mean, she did it all by herself, man. It's just phenomenal. I, we didn't think she was going to finish because she got caught in a storm. Anyways, that's a different story. But yeah, yeah we're crazy. doing it. We're doing okay, it. back to the food. What um, <laughs> what's, what do you what do you pack that you look forward to on that? 
Because I imagine you have to have some sort of mental, like, almost like a reward in between those. You must have something to look forward to. Yeah, the finish line. (laughs) (laughs) There's not like peanut butter, cookies. Not saying, I'm not speaking for my other teammates. And it is nice to have a creature comfort, right? Right. But I'm not, that's not how I'm wired. Wired so whatever you, whatever they serve if you. If you're already thinking that you're going to need a reward to help you from being weak, it's <laughs> not the event for you. Okay, I was going because I was going to sign up. So well, maybe no, no, I no, should, like, like being serious, right? Yeah, this isn't the event for you. But if, if that's your mind, feedback, if that's, that's your mindset, right. if that's your mindset, let's fix or let's introduce a different way of thinking because you're already planning to fail. You're already planning to be weak. I was, gonna, I was gonna finish. To, I just was gonna have some peanut butter along the way. Planning to need that, right? You like, definitely you need diesel day one. I was gonna say, that. sounds like I need April. What is it? April first? Yeah. Go back to the isolation challenge right. we did. We talked about that, right? Like right. the dude brings a sleeping bag into the shipping container. Like, if you fine. already bring the sleeping bag into the shipping container, you're planning on using it. You're gonna use it. If you're using the sleeping bag, you're not rowing. So you're not running. This is kind of a burn the ships type yeah. of analogy. That's perfect. Yeah. Right. I'm not going literally I'm not going <laughs> to a little need. pun intended. Don't burn the ship. It's fuel. It's a purpose. It's a mechanism. I don't doesn't need to taste good. It just needs to feed this. Got it. If you're the kind of person that can't eat something that you don't like when you're hungry, you've never been hungry. You're, you're mentally weak. You should definitely do diesel yeah. day one. Is there benefit to doing it with the team that you CDs. know? Like if, if with the best hour team we're going to sign up, or is it something that you would say just show up? Diesel day is what you're asking. Yeah, yeah, oh, diesel okay. day. Yeah, and you bring. I've had people come together because they need to have somebody else. But like when you're here. You're going to find that that's nice, and we'll, we would talk about that on, on the ring finger, but having um, external motivators, external motivators. But you got to have internal motivators as well. So if you come here, if you and Firm, because you guys are boyfriends, um, boy bands. <laughs> that's true. Like, and you need him for comfort, like you're going to come here, and he's an external motivator for you. Like, that's he cool. He demotivates but we me, are to gonna, be honest. When you're out here, like, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to make that not. It'll still be there. I just meant more from like a bonding. Yeah, we did one group. Um, Connor Warman's um, club came up here, CrossFit Barrington, up um, in just outside of Chicago. What's that, Illinois? Mm-hmm. I think that's Illinois. Anyways, they came up, a bunch of great dudes. They're, they're like this group of dudes, and they're tight. They're really tight. I've never seen a group of nine dudes so close and so tight like that. That's cool. You know, outside of the military. Right, right, right. I, mean, I mean, they were tight. And so we did a special event, a private event for them to come and do. And um, it was really neat. But I I prayed off of that and plied them against each other to get them to increase their performance to get them to right. be in this most state where, you know, and then we can leverage different things because it's 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 not just a, hey, we're going to, you know, people, there's people out there. There's ripoff artists out there that right. try to do their own diesel day. We're not going to. We're not going to indict Bergeron um, <laughs> on this podcast. He listens to. Um, but there's ripoff artists out there. They think they're just going to throw some shit. Like this isn't something that Atas just decided. Like a lot of time and energy. Right. There's a well lot of out. facets. It's really, and really deep. I, would, yeah, I was going to say develop you intent. You know? The intent behind this is what makes it what it is. And it that's is. why they're not happening every weekend either. I'm you sure know, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, on your end. I got, the last thing I want to do is this to become. It's too frequent for me, and then I'm burnt out, and I'm not taking it as serious because I'm not charged up about it mm-hmm. to, to be there for you, right. right? Like, this is... It's a big emotional investment. Yeah, um, and we won't have... And, and, like, so we've got these three, and these three that are coming up, and I only wanted to book the three, one April beginning, one towards the end of April, one um, second week of Mar- May, spread out enough, but I won't even have the same staff 
it every it all three right. because I don't want it to be not special for them because right. then they're not and, and nothing against but you you understand yeah, yeah. you understand yep. complacency you can fight <clears throat> it and fight it fight it but it's going to happen you know right and I'm worried about that myself. How many a year do you run or do you have a plan for this year? I don't have a plan okay. really. I probably do. I might. I want to do another Diesel Day too. Um, little bit later in the year and i'll probably do one or two more deals so i'll probably do five okay. diesel day ones maybe two diesel day twos okay so it'd be about it's just tough i'm, I'm definitely balancing yeah i'm know, definitely gonna do training. one Lindsay and Cassie are gonna beat me to it but um i think it's something that people should look into particularly and again for for what you said not for the physical portion no no it's like not. come I mean, here the physical portion's really good though right i'm really sure yeah cool. i'm sure it's i'm sure it's exactly what it's teed up to be but um i don't think that's why people should show up. I think people should show up to come out of the back end having, you know, shed some stuff, become a better person on the other end and yeah. be able to take that forward and whatever you're going to do, affiliate owner, that's coach, we, whatever. That's why we did the video. Um, <clears throat> Athena came. You know, Athena. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah she Athena was in the, Perez. yeah, yep. And we did a video and um, trying to capture some of the stuff and focus on this, the human development that's mm -hmm. going on and some of this other stuff. And right. Hear Marshall and Mike talk about the things that they talk about and hear Athena. And we did a couple Instagram posts capturing Athena's words with her um, testimonial over five takeaways and things like that to right. try to show that this isn't just a bunch of dudes coming right. up trying to throw some steel down right. and, yeah, you know, we're fitness. That's but really cool, dude. I think, um, yeah, I think I think this is, uh, for this is what I would, this is a stretch event is what I would just, just like, you're going to be way outside your comfort zone, regardless of where you come in, I think. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, not, yeah, yeah. But it's appropriate, too. It's it's infinitely scalable. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I don't think you just come in and break people. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I mean, I would intentionally here, come in with the goal of dominating no. Jay and him, him leaving. the goal today at the workout. Him, him yeah. leaving the worst person as well. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to I'm going to find out what snacks he needs. Like some cookies? Some cookies. Jenny, we have a spread of treats and yum-yums. I've heard the good. Dustin did say a lot of peanut butter sandwiches. Well, something for everybody in the spread for sure. I do want to say usually I'm the most masculine one on this podcast, but today... Definitely I'm gonna not. give that to you, Tosh. I'm just saying, like usually I'm the the, the masculine one. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I've never heard that. No, yeah. I feel Ever. like people think that though. Yeah, I don't know you who know. those people are. About. Today, today, Tosh gets you. <laughs> Take your shirt off, <laughs> and then you can get that. You, you can have that title. You can't wait. You can't have that title. But I mean, I hope because even just listening to you talk and being a part of this episode, I'm motivated, and I think even if you never sign up for a Diesel Day, you know. You can get some motivation from within, but find it from other people. But yeah, challenge yourself to get out there and do something like this. You don't have to row across do hard stuff. the freaking Atlantic, right? Without peanut butter, to prove that you're that you're masculine. But you know, you can sign up for Diesel Day. This has nothing do to do. With, this has nothing. Which is interesting that you're saying this. Masculine might not, not be, be the right dick, word, but like, there's nothing about me that tries or strives to be masculine. That's, it that's might, maybe that's it the comes key. out as masculine. Fine. I don't do these things to try to. It's funny because I was actually thinking and stewing about something like, why am I doing these things? Am I trying to? When I was younger, or less mature, or in my growth curve way sooner, I would do things to try to prove myself to other people. Right. Shoot myself. I mean, everything I'm doing, I'm trying to prove to somebody else. Prove to somebody else. Prove to somebody else. And I found that somewhere in the last ten years, in between there, somewhere like. I give two shits what anybody thinks about me. I'm not doing anything to prove anything to anybody. I'm trying to f prove to myself. 
are you really what you say you are so that people don't believe something that's false so that you don't lead them down the wrong road. But like, you give two shits about me masculine. I'll, yeah. Doesn't doesn't matter. Like this whole masculine thing, it just doesn't even matter to me. There's nothing to try and if it comes off received as being macho or whatever, like fine, but I don't I'm on this quest inside of here right. to heal some shit. Um to be better. I don't want to use the cliche be better person today. Like cause I believe in sucking less. I want to suck less tomorrow than I did today. I want to suck less tomorrow than I did last week. I wanna I've been the worst I've been the worst possible version of myself. I can go back to that point in time. I will refuse to ever be that person again. That person disgusts me. And I've got the luxury, the privilege to be able to have that perspective and say, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I'm never going back there. Never going back there. And everything that I'm doing, I'm trying. And some days I'm better at it than others. Um, Some days I have a little tiny relapse. But if every day I'm trying to further distance myself from that miserable human being, I'm... I'm hedging. Use your yeah. use your sickness, fitness, wellness, health curve. Yeah. What's that continuum? Jenny, what's that continuum? Sick, yeah. right? Jenny does it. Not the, not the real one that OPT sickness, just came out with. Fitness, but, uh, right? Fuck that rip off artist. He is a rip off artist. Um, anyways, <laughs> somebody actually reached me out. Uh, oh, never mind. A different yeah. story. But that's not for here. Um, I just call people out, man. I whether I'm right or wrong, it's just my, my point of view. I'm not um, upset about it. I don't like people that steal from other people. It pisses me off. You borrow and give credit. That's a different story. Right. Fucking thief. Don't repackage and brand. But it's the, the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum. Well, sickness was that person that I was. Now, for me, that's it's your worst possible version might be you cheated on your 11th grade math test, and that's the worst possible version that you've ever been. Like, that's fine. I mean, there was no way I was going right? to get out of fifth grade if I didn't do that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I hear you. But, you know, your worst version of yourself doesn't have to be what mine. It's not comparable. Right. It's, right. it's I recognize at a specific point in time, there's a period where I was, yeah, no fucking way. I'm never going back there. Never going back there. And everything I do now is not to prove myself to anybody else, not to be more masculine, not to, I don't have to go into a bar and like measure people's dicks and say, Hey, I'm in third place or last place or whatever. Like I don't do none of that anymore. I'm just me. And it's, everything is driven for that reason inside of there, you know? And, and I just find myself having to constantly push my margins farther and farther. And now I'm, it's funny. We're almost like leading into a podcast I want to do is like, when can I stop pushing these fucking margins? Get that lazy boy. Yeah, like after this row, man. Like I don't, man. At some point, man, you just gotta take a break. Take a break. Yeah, let's okay. take a breather and reflect on where you're at, man. Let's just tread water for a little bit. Well, you know, I think people should check it out. I appreciate what you do. Yeah, I, uh, I appreciate the message, and I think it's important to have those conversations. And I hope people take, you know, the appropriate message away from this and. And think about it and stew on it and figure out how to take that information and apply it in their own lives. Because um, there's a lot of important shit to be done, specifically in the affiliate space. And because and, you have a lot of reach mm-hmm. in being in that position. And I think it's something um, that shouldn't be taken lightly. So um, I hope this helps, you know, for anybody that's listening to this. And if you want to reach out to Tosh for these, where's the best place to find that information? Oh, cricketbutterfly.com. Okay. Um, or just Instagram. At Crooked Butterfly, it's kind okay. of where most of okay. my materials at. Cool. And if you just Google, Google it, you'll find it. Cool. What's neat is I got um, notification that the trademarks are in. Oh, nice! Uh, Crooked Butterfly and Disney. So I'm really excited about that. Cool. 
Well, and hey, and I don't want anybody reaching out telling me where Todd Eckloff lives. I already know. <laughs> right. Listen, there's so many know, so things about this anybody, conversation. I don't want anybody <laughs> reaching out to give me that address. Um, but no, dude, this was fantastic. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah this has been great. And um, yeah, look forward to catching up with you soon, man. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.